Thank you for joining the live broadcast of East Bay Bible Fellowship in Alameda, California. We pray that you'll be blessed by the worship and the preaching of God's Word. If you have any questions or would like to find out more about our service times and location, feel free to call us at 510-697-8220 or go to our website at ebbfellowship.com. That's ebbfellowship.com. Thank you and God bless. Amen. Let's give Jesus a great big hand clap of praise. Amen. If you have your Bibles, the book of Proverbs, the 23rd chapter, and then we're going to go backwards and read the 20th chapter. Proverbs 23. In verse number 23, say amen when you have it. Amen. Say amen when you have it. Amen. Proverbs 23 and 23 says, Buy the truth and sell it not. Proverbs 20 and verse number 14 says, it is not, it is not, saith the buyer, but when he has gone away or when he has gone his way, then he boasteth. And with the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to preach to you tonight on this subject, seller's remorse. Seller's remorse. Can we say that together? Seller's remorse. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this moment in time that you've given us. Lord, I'm asking you tonight to touch me in my mind, in my body, and allow me to preach, God, to your people, which you've laid on my heart. Lord, you've spoken to me. Now I humbly ask that you speak through me and bless your wonderful people in Jesus' name. And everyone shout amen. amen. Let's give Jesus a great big hand clap of praise tonight the book of Hebrews with its uniquely mysterious author and targeted audience does reveal one thing and that is that Jesus is better in four discourses and ten chapters he beautifully showcases the supremacy of Jesus Christ. In chapters 1 and 2 of Hebrews, Jesus is better than angels. In chapters 3 and 4, Jesus is better than Moses. In chapters 5 and 7, Jesus is better than mortal priests. In chapters 6 and 10, Jesus is better than any sacrifice that can be offered by mortal priests. While these examples are mind-bending and eye-opening, their reason for being there is of a much more sober nature. Throughout these four discourses and ten chapters, the author warns readers that because Jesus is better, the worst thing any Christian could ever do is renounce their faith and turn their back on Christ. I want to preach to you tonight that we cannot turn on Jesus even if we're being persecuted. And I'm getting a little ahead of myself right now, but there are several different forms of persecution. And before I go any further, I feel so prompted of the Holy Ghost to preach to somebody right here and right now that is being persecuted spiritually because there are times when we become the target of spiritual attacks and onslaughts. No matter how bad the pressure no matter how bad the fiery darts, you've got to hold on to Jesus. Somebody shout amen. amen. The author of Hebrews is not doing anything odd by stating this idea. In fact, he is in perfect alignment with the teachings of Jesus Christ throughout all the Gospels. 
in which Jesus lets us know that persecution and believers are inseparable. If you're in the market this evening for a persecution-free religion, Christianity is not it. If you are in the market for a religion that attracts no attention to itself, Christianity is not it. It's never been it. It's never going to be it. And it's not it now. And if you're in this boat, you better realize it's not a cruise liner. It's a battleship. Come on, somebody. Each month, 322 Christians are killed for their faith. Each month, 214 churches and Christian properties are destroyed. Each month, 772 cases of rape, abduction, and imprisonment are committed against Christians. Out of the 196 countries in this world, Christians are the most persecuted religion of all, being persecuted in 130 of these countries. Muslims are persecuted in 117 countries. Jews are persecuted in 75 countries. Buddhists are persecuted in 16 countries. And Hindus are persecuted in 27 countries. I want you to know there is a target on your head. There is a target on your back. But greater is he that is within us than he that is in this world. Tonight's sermon is a not-so-friendly reminder that persecution is no longer something of times past in distant lands. Persecution is mounting right here and right now. I am not afraid to preach to you. I am not over-dramatizing things. This is where we're living. Now is not the time to just attend church and try to be a social Christian. Now is the time to really get into this and make up your mind. I'm in this until the end. I'm in this until the end. I don't go to church because I'm in the Bible Belt. I go to church because I'm serving Jesus. I don't go to church because I'm American. I go to church because I'm serving Jesus. I don't go to church because I come from a line of Pentecostals. I go to church because I'm serving Jesus. Somebody shout amen. amen. Just weeks ago, Chris Harper Mercer went on a shooting spree on his college campus, killing several people. Mercer, however, made it a point to kill any confessing Christian. If you were not a Christian, you'd catch a bullet to the leg. But if you were a Christian, you'd catch a bullet to the head. And I am still, amen, shocked in my own mind, cannot even wrap my own mind around it about how this young man walked into classrooms and asked who was a Christian and there were students that saw this man with blood on his clothes and a gun in his hand and still stood up on their feet and confessed that they were Christians. I'm telling you right now, it's time to really live for Jesus. And I know what some people are thinking. I know what the media wants you to believe, that we need more gun control. And this is just some odd, wacko case. Friend, this is just the manifestation of what's going on in the spirit, of what's going on in the world. Uh, don't you let anybody deceive you. Amen. There is a spirit of antichrist uh, alive and well in the world. Uh, and I feel bad for anybody who's here right now and thinks I'm sensationalizing things. Uh, amen. You got your head in the sand. Uh, at best you are naive I'm telling you right now this is real this is happening it's right here it's right now we ain't got time to be social Christians it's time to be real deal blue blood red eyed apostolics Just months ago, we witnessed one of our very own make global headlines and be arrested for refusing to sign her name on certificates of unnatural unions. 
this was a skirt wearing, bun having, long hair apostolic, chained up and going to jail because she stood for what she believed. And I know ignorant people that say, you know what, she should have just been doing her job. I live just a stone's throw from San Francisco and the mayor of San Francisco did not care to do his job when the government had said that homosexual unions were illegal. He signed the papers anyway, but nobody hauled him off to jail. But you let one lady stand up for what she believes and what she sees in this black leather book and they'll haul her off to jail. I'm telling... And if you don't think people know who we are, they know who we are because... If you if you taking the tuck hit at the mall, you 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 gotta cut that out. They know who you are. They know what you believe. You might as well go ahead and go gun ho for Jesus uh, and live it loud and proud and go all the way with this. Quit. Come on, somebody. Come on. There is a need in these last hours. There is a need right here in Alabama. There is a need right here in this city. Amen. In these very last and final hours. Amen. For buyers. And not just any kind of buyer, but buyers who absolutely refuse to sell the truth God gives them. I hope that by the time I'm done preaching, there's a gang of folk that walk out of here, amen, with a sign around their neck spiritually that says, not for sale. I hope that by the time I'm done preaching, somebody would put a sign on their Acts 238, not for sale. I hope that by the time I'm done preaching, somebody would put a sign on their three weeks, three services a week, not for sale. I hope that by the time I'm done preaching, somebody would put a sign on their holiness and their modesty, not for sale. I hope that by the time I'm done preaching, there's some young people that would put a sign on their purity, not for sale. I pray that by the time I'm done preaching there's some man that would put a sign around their neck hallelujah that says not for sale Uh, amen I'm not selling out Uh, I bought in Uh, I'm staying in Uh, and I'm going all the way come on Put a sign on your one God, not for sale. Put a sign on your baptism in Jesus' name, not for sale. Put a sign on your tongue talking, aisle running, devil chasing, apostolic church, not for sale. wish somebody put a sign on their dance not for sale a sign on their run not for sale oh come on let's make some noise in this house he talked oh come on I feel a wonderful spirit of revival Come on. I'm telling you, there are spirits present that don't want to hear this. There are spirits that want to keep you lukewarm. There are spirits that want to keep your foot on the brake so that you don't sell out all the way for Jesus. Amen. Just minutes before I came to this pulpit, I felt an attack from hell. I know the devil don't want this. I know some spirits that are hanging around that don't want this. Somebody need a bow up on hell and let it know, not for sale. Amen. The sensible person, the sensible person should quickly notice that truth has no price. In fact, truth is priceless. But because it's priceless, the only reasonable offer you can give for truth is everything. It's priceless. I don't have a tag. And let me just say this. Let me just pause right here. Truth never goes on sale. Not for the preacher, not for the saint, not for the evangelist, not for the choir, not for nobody. Truth never goes on sale. Amen. It costs everything. 
to have it, it costs everything. It don't go on sale. It's never discounted. There's never special deals on it. There's no Black Friday for truth. Amen. You always got to pay full price. And full price is everything I have, Jesus. All my life, all my strength, all my heart, all my mind, all my money, everything. Oh, Jesus. Amen. In the Gospel of Matthew, the 13th chapter, the 44th through the 46th verse, Jesus highlights this point. At first glance, there's this pair of parables, amen, that sound almost identical. The first one says that the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field which a man found and hid and because of his joy he goes out and sells all that he has and buys that field. Amen. And the next parable Jesus says again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking fine pearls. Upon finding a pearl of great value, he goes out and sells all that he has and buys it. These these two parables almost sound the same, but there is a slight difference. In verse 44, amen, the man stumbles upon the treasure in the field. He wasn't looking for it, but he found it nonetheless. In verses 45 through 46, the man is looking for the pearl of great price, and he finds it. These two parables let me know that there's two kinds of people. There's stumblers, and then there's seekers. There are people that stumble onto the truth. And then there are people seeking truth. But the one thing the parable makes clear is whether you're a stumbler or a seeker, you ought to offer everything you got to hold on to that truth. Oh, come on. I'm preaching right about now. And can I hit the pause button just for a few seconds to let you know that there are a lot of seekers, amen, that give birth to stumblers. What do you mean, Brother Prado? There's a lot of people, amen, that their parents are apostolic. Their parents are Pentecostal. Their parents were searching for God, but they were not. And now they find themselves in a pew as a young person and in a youth group and not really sure how valuable this thing is amen and something inside of their spirit tells them amen you never asked for this amen how valuable can this really be amen and they and, and all of a sudden they find themselves wavering can I tell everybody here amen that might be the child amen of a seeker just because you stumbled in or on to truth doesn't mean it's not valuable honey doesn't mean you didn't stumble upon a treasure I don't care if you weren't looking for one God and I don't care if you weren't looking for the Holy Ghost and baptism in Jesus name however that thing lands on your lap you need to recognize this is the most precious thing in all the world oh hallelujah oh hallelujah somebody shout amen, amen. but can I preach to you that after you buy, you must beware of other buyers. Buyer, beware of buyers. Because as Proverbs 20 tells us, that there is another buyer. And this buyer goes around telling holders, it is not, it is not. Not is just a good old English word, for that ain't nothing. buyer come around tell you your long hair that ain't nothing girl that skirt that ain't nothing man that fidelity to your wife that ain't nothing that little bible on your desk that ain't nothing your little hand clap three services a week that ain't nothing your little day of fasting that ain't nothing well my first question is if it ain't nothing, why you want it? And I know it's going to get a little tight here for a second, but you ever notice, ladies, the devil never tells you to cut your nails. Because that ain't nothing. But... Hey, 
hey brother, you ought to be suspicious of any voice and any spirit that tells you to cut your wife off. You notice the devil never tells you to cut your loser friends off. You notice the devil never tells you to cut off, amen, that internet that's feeding you porn. You notice that spirit never tells you to cut off, amen, that side woman you've been talking to again. Come on, somebody. That If your marriage ain't nothing, why is the devil after it? If you're... Help me preach because I'm preaching. I'll preach right with. Hey, if Wednesday and Tuesday ain't nothing, why is he wanted so bad? If Sunday night ain't nothing, why is he wanted so bad? If Sunday morning ain't nothing, why is he wanted so bad? If my 10% ain't nothing, why is he wanted so bad? If my 5% ain't nothing, why is he wanted so bad? You know why he wants it? Because he knows that little tithe, it moves mountains. He knows that little bun, it moves mountains. He knows that marriage moves mountains. He knows that dance moves mountains. He knows that faithfulness moves mountains. He... Come on, come on. You know, one of the problems Americans really have is that unlike in other countries, we always have a surplus of, of, of consumable products. Ain't nobody going hungry in the United States. You can get free food if you ain't lazy. The Bible says that the sluggard won't even raise his hand to his mouth to feed himself. I'm preaching whether you like it or not. Anyways, you know, we can go to the store looking for white bread. They sell it all. So we buy wheat. We got alternatives. We got substitutes. We all out of caramel ice cream. How about some almond roca? We sold out of nonfat milk. How about some whole milk? We, we sold out of apple juice. How about some orange juice? There's all these substitutes and all these alternatives. But can I tell you, there are some things in life that have no substitute and they have no alternative. You know what they are? You can find them in Ephesians 4 and 4. The Bible says there is one Lord. He don't have a substitute. He don't have an alternative. There is nothing that can take the place. We can take the place of some white bread, but nothing can take the place of a relationship with God. Nothing can take the place. There is nothing in this world that will make you feel the way God makes you feel. There is nothing in this world that will give you the joy that God can give you. Don't let the devil make you think that there's a substitute. Don't let the devil make you think that there's an alternative to this. Honey, there ain't no alternative to a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I'm ready to knock down, burn down, break down, step on anything that tries to get in my relationship with God. I don't care if it's funky friends, amen, or loser buddies. I don't care if it's some... I don't care if it's bitter relatives or backslid cousins. I'm holding on to Jesus. I don't care if my race tries to get in the way. I don't care what tries to get in the way. If it tries to get in between me and Jesus, it's got to go. It's got to go. I don't care if it's a job. I don't care if it's money. I don't care if it's a car or a house. It got to go. There is no alternative. There is no alternative. Bible says there is one faith. There is one faith. It has no substitute. It has no alternatives. You either have that or you don't. You know, if you have any doubts, I'm going to tell you the truth. The majority of doubts that apostolics have about their faith stem from the fact that they are not practicing their faith. 
If you practice this and you apply this, you will be sold out on this. If you will take your Acts 2.38, your tongue talking and your expressive worship, amen, to a crack house and watch it work, won't nobody take it away from you. But if you want to sit stuck to the pew like gum and twiddle your thumbs and wonder if this is real, I'm sorry, bro. It won't be too long till the buyer gets his product. And when he walks away, he'll just laugh and he'll boast and he'll say, I got him for nothing. I got him for nothing. Every time I feel my faith begin to waver I hit the streets and I begin talking to people about Jesus and I put some gospel on them and I watch it work and I watch it work like nothing else works and I watch it deliver like nothing else delivers and I watch it liberate like nothing oh Jesus you know I went to go do some outreach the other day for my church it ain't me right I went to go do some outreach for my church the other day. Knocked on a lady's door. She came out, tattoos everywhere, kids all, kids everywhere. She was, had earrings everywhere and rings, looked like a little Christmas tree. Knocked on the door, came out crazy. Said, what you want? said, I want to invite you to church. She said, I don't go just to any church. I said, it don't look like you go to any church. (laughs) And she want to start trying to get doctrinal on me. She said, you know, there's all kinds of false. And she started just getting loud. And I'm thinking, she about to cuss me out. And then... She started waving her hands in my face and screaming and the kids are now looking and what's wrong with mama? And all of a sudden in the middle of her yelling, she says, hold on. She said, you are the man of God. She said, I don't know who sent you. I don't know what you're doing here. She said, but something just told me right now, amen, that you are the man of God sent to this city, sent to these projects, and sent to help us. She said, she made all her kids get up. She said, come shake the pastor's hand. I said, that's right. One faith, one faith, one faith, one faith. But you got to get out. You got to get out. You got to pass the soul. Come on, get excited about it. Oh, hallelujah. You know, when I first started living for God, my dad would call me weekly. Try to talk me out my faith. But, but pops didn't know that I knew. There's no alternatives, no substitutes for this right here. There's no non-fat version of this. It's either this or nada. And he'd call me and he'd work on me. And just in case you don't know, my dad is smarter than yours. And he'd call me with his biophysicist brain. And he'd grind on me and grind on me and grind on me and tell me it is not. It is not. It is not. It ain't nothing. It ain't nothing. Come on. You and your little group of people, that ain't nothing. Y'all are new on the scene. This ain't nothing. Come on, you, you don't even speak Greek or Hebrew. You ain't nothing. Come on, there's other religions. You ain't nothing. I'm preaching good. The sad thing is, some of you almost getting talked out of your faith by ignorant folk. People you know are dumb and you listening to them. Come on. How are you going to let somebody that can't even balance their checkbook or tie their shoes talk you out to church? Don't be ignorant. Rise up. Let them know. You better help Chubby preach right now. You better help me preach. You better shake that spirit off. You better get back in your right mind before this service is over or you're going to let some ignorant knucklehead talk you out to church. 
That felt right right there. Come on, somebody. I held on. I held on. I refused to let this slip. Can I tell you, just the other day, I was looking for a laptop. I was looking for a laptop for our church. I was scrolling through Craigslist. While I was scrolling through Craigslist, my phone rang. In the middle of my scrolling, looking for a deal. I thought, who is this? Do they not know God's trying to bless me on Craigslist? I saw the number, New York. My dad lives in New York. Answer, it was my dad. My dad, with all his intelligence and all his brilliance, has never paid child support. I am 37 years old. He has never paid child support, forgot about the kids, don't even know my birthday. Knows astrophysics and all this stuff, but don't know the boy's birthday. Can I tell you, as I was scrolling and that phone rang, I picked up. He said, hello, son. I said, hello, dad. He said, hey, I just deposited $1,300 in your account. Go buy a computer. God bless you. I said, God bless you. He, come on. I ain't lying. I got better things to do than to lie. I'm telling you, there's no alternative. There's no substitute. There ain't, this ain't worth selling out. Hold on. I'm preaching to somebody. If you'll just tell the buyer, get out of my face, get out of my booth, get out of my house, you'll see there'll come a day when they'll come around and they'll say, I want to invest in what you got. now to get excited come on there's I'm, I'm preaching right now prophetically there's some people your colleagues are going to come and they're going to say I want to invest in what I've been trying to buy I want to invest oh, Jesus. come on somebody come on There is one baptism. I know, I know the oxygen is going to leave the room for a second or two, but I'm okay with this. If you have never been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, you have no idea what you're missing. Come on. Come. You know, there are people that say, I don't think God plays semantics. I, you know, there are people who think, I don't think there's that big of a difference between being baptized in the titles and being baptized in the name of Jesus. My question to you is if there's no big deal about getting baptized in Jesus' name, why all the resistance? Why does your flesh curl up like that? Why, why, why do you feel anger? Brother Collins... When people started talking to me about baptism, one God, Jesus' name, I'm telling you something inside of me rose up. It was, and it wasn't native. I could feel something inside of me that was foreign. It was aggressive. It was stubborn. It was resistant. I kid you not when I tell you I didn't know whether I wanted to cry or punch the guy in the face. I had never felt like that about anything in my life. I didn't feel like that when people try to sell me on Nikes instead of Adidas. I didn't feel like that when people try to sell me on, you know, rice instead of pasta. But all of a sudden, somebody started telling me, you've got to be baptized in Jesus' name. And I could just feel my flesh curl. And I could feel my emotions begin to, to just go into a, a hyper mode. And thank God that God in his mercy 
Let me feel my right mind long enough to say, you know what? I hate the way I feel so much that I think I'm going to do this. Something about this anger, something about this resistance does not feel right. I think I'm going to get baptized. And you know what? When I made the appointment to get baptized, every bat out of hell came out. Friends started getting worried. Relatives started wanting to talk. They started telling me, Jermaine, you know there's wheat bread, right? You know there's Dr. Phil, right? You know there's other ways, right? I just had to turn a deaf ear and say, I'm not trying to hear that. I'm going for that water. I'm going for that water. And brother, let me tell you, you were looking at somebody that was a drug addict, that was suicidal, that was depressed, that had all kinds of baggage and cargo. And I'm telling you the gospel truth. When I went down in that water in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, there was a remarkable difference in my life. See, there's a lot of people, Dawson, that got new life all mixed up. They think we dance and shout because we Pentecostal. We dance and shout because we free. Don't get it twisted. We some free folks. And that's why we shouting. And that's why we running. And that's why we're here. Even when we're sick. And that's why we're here. Even when we're going through hell. Because we still remember the day. You know, I, I actually, you know, this, the saying is actually buyer's remorse. But I went on the internet, I, I looked up, is there such thing as seller's remorse? And there is. Oddly enough, most of it's connected to real estate. I'm going to preach to the young, well, I'm going to preach to everybody for a few seconds. But I need the young people to play close attention. They say that there are people that sell their house and regret the fact they sold it. And it becomes so strange that at some, in, in some cases, they will stock the house. They will park in front of it. They will wait for the, for the residents to leave and then sneak inside. Take baths, eat, leave. Some of them will actually get stuck in the house and refuse to leave until they're escorted off the property by police. And some of them will actually wait until their house goes back on sale and in some cases pay as much as three times to get it back. They interviewed a lady who's a very high-ranking real estate agent and they said, do you have any speculation as to why this happens. She says, oh, I know exactly why it happens. She said, because the seller is selling memories and the buyer is buying fantasies. One person is selling the home in which there's all these accumulated memories. The other person is buying the home with all kinds of fantasies about what they're going to do with it. There are sleaze bags that will come around and try to take your purity to indulge their own desires. And if you're not careful, young person, single person of any age, you will sell your memories to someone who just wants to heap them on their own lust. You won't just be giving up your body. You'll be giving up a lot of good memories at the altar. 
you won't just be giving up your body. You'll be giving up memories of camps and altar calls and sermons. You know what my problem is right now? There's a little pocket of people who messed up. Who messed up. And now they don't want to shout with me. Even though they're back in church and restored. Let me tell you something. If you ever messed up, you ought to be shouting with me. You ought to let people know. If you've ever messed up, don't lock up on the preacher. Let God know. I know I messed up. I don't have any illusions about it. I know me and him ended up getting married anyways. But God, your word is right. Your ways are right. I still regret it. And I don't wish it on any young person. And I don't wish it on any desperate single person. Come on. Are there any adults? that can help me preach to these young people before they make the mistake of their life. Oh, hallelujah. I'm telling you right now, I could feel it in the Holy Ghost. There's little not for sale signs wanting to just wrap around some people right now. Hallelujah. I could feel it right now in the Holy Ghost. Uh, there's some little not for sale signs that want to fall on some young ladies. Uh, there's some little not for sale signs uh, that want to fall around some husbands. Uh, there's some little not for sale signs uh, that want to fall on some young men uh, that got a calling on their life. Uh, amen. That have been getting tempted. Amen. Amen. To look in other directions. Uh, there's a little not for sale sign uh, coming on some folks uh, that have been fighting for their faith uh, and battling bitter family members. Uh, come on, you need to let that come on you right now. Uh, you need to let it settle in on you. Uh, I ain't going nowhere for no one, no way, no how. Uh, I'm staying right here. Uh, God brought me here. Uh, I ain't leaving. Uh, I ain't leaving. Uh, I ain't leaving. Uh, I ain't leaving. Uh, I ain't selling. Uh, I ain't selling. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, let's pray. Let's pray. The Holy Ghost has talked to us. I'm done preaching. I'm done preaching. Come on, I know we've had a good service. Hallelujah. But I just feel like there's a zeal and a fire trying to get on some of us. Hallelujah. 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 I'm walking out of this house without any shame. I'm walking out of this house living loud. Hallelujah. I'm walking out of this house holding on to my faith. Holding on. Jesus. 
right now don't you leave without getting baptized somebody here need to hear me don't you leave without going under that water in Jesus name tonight is your night So you clean me up inside. 
So I can be free. So I can 